This program is paid for by Advocacy United. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Advocacy United or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded. Consider a career with the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers. As a Boilermaker apprentice, you'll earn while you learn. We offer excellent wages and benefits. And as part of our no-cost, hands-on apprenticeship program, you'll learn from the best in state-of-the-art training centers and on the job. Become a union Boilermaker and get on your way to a great career. Visit Boilermakers.org or call 844-IBB-WELD. And guess where this additional billion gallons of biofuel is going to come from? It's going to come from abroad. That's not an American first energy policy. We're in this together. Labor's in this. Building trades are in this. Refiners are in this. American consumers need us to do this too. Now across the Jacob Media Network, welcome to the Labor and Energy Show special. Exclusively presented by the PBF Energy Paulsboro Refinery and the PBF Delaware City Refinery in collaboration with the labor unions that build our communities. If you fix this RINs issue, you're looking at a reduction of 25 to 30 cents a gallon. This is the Labor and Energy Show, bringing labor leaders, national experts, and political influencers together to educate you about fancy terms like RINs and Reggie, while explaining the truth about energy independence. Welcome to the Labor and Energy Show with J. Doc and Krause. And welcome in, everyone, to another edition of the Labor and Energy Show with J. Doc and Krause. Glad that you're with us. Quick reminder for all of our listening audience and also uh, for those watching this edition of the Labor and Energy Show. Remember, you can download the podcast of this program or any and all uh, of our Labor and Energy Shows. There's been some great programming done by this platform. Uh, Jay Doc and I give you credit for that. Our guest list has been phenomenal. Our, um, Our topics have been educational. Uh, And I think we're checking the box in terms of educating our viewers and our listeners across the Jacob Media Network. Yeah, and a shout out to Brendan Williams of of, of PBF Energy, uh, who's uh, been key in in producing uh, the show and the content for the shows uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, Today, Joe, uh, we have a a phenomenal show, okay? Uh, The issue... Virginia's requirement to become a California state and and banning the sales of new gas and diesel uh, automobiles. Okay, now here's a question. I'm not from from Virginia. Uh, What is going on in Virginia that's so relevant to the rest of us? Well, uh, what's going on in Virginia is going on in at least 17 states and growing across the country, uh, including many of the states that we live in, Pennsylvania, Delaware, New Jersey. Uh, and a ton of our listener base uh, are in states where this is happening. Uh, in 2021, under former Governor Ralph Northam, Virginia passed the legislation requiring the Commonwealth to become a California state, according to, a, uh, to Section 177 of the Clean Air Act. Okay, Now, because of this law, Virginia is required to adopt California's electric vehicle mandates as well as uh, California's even more recent and aggressive bans on sales of gasoline and diesel vehicles. Okay, the current governor, Glenn Youngkin, has repeatedly called for a repeal, uh, most recently in, in, in uh, the, his State of the Commonwealth Address in 2024. 
in spite, Joe, of our sentiment, okay, and it's really important that energy should not be a political issue, uh, not a union issue, which, you know, you know, it's a big part of who we are, but it's a human issue, okay? But like in many states, uh, Virginia's become a part of a partisan situation, okay, that is opposing the repeal of the California raw, uh, rule. So, you know, what's really important to know is that the California EV mandate already began taking effect in January. Okay, uh, absent and, and absent to a repeal, the ban will phase in over the next few years until a full ban of sales of, of gasoline and diesel vehicles is reached in 2035. And today, uh, you know, we're going to have a Virginia delegate Tony Will on, who is a strong advocate to untie the Virginia, uh, Virginia uh, from the California vehicle admissions mandate. Uh, we're going to talk to Tony. He's going to. Uh, you know, it really provides some in-depth uh, perspective to this situation, which, again, is, is affecting all of us, not just in Virginia. OK, Virginia is a snapshot of what a lot of the country is going through and it's expanding. But what's really in interesting is the polling on this issue, which we're going to talk about uh, in our conversation with with uh, Delegate Will. Good stuff here on the Labor and Energy Show. Of course, we've covered it from the Delaware side. We've covered it from the New Jersey side. Now with Tony joining us here for the full show today on this, the Labor and Energy Show with Jadoc and Krause, we'll be able to cover it from the Virginia side. I almost wonder if uh, the mandate and the process of initiating the mandate um, will never have an opportunity to even succeed because the more I read and the more I try and understand EV vehicles, um, as a uh, mainstay or a, or a replacement for the traditional um, vehicle, I don't even know if it's possible. I don't even know if it's realistic to expect a mandate to even happen uh, based on where we are. No, it's happening, okay? And we're not we're nothing against um, electric vehicles, okay? They're coming into the market, uh, you, you know, uh, So, and that's a fact, okay? But the EV mandates, uh, you're going to find out that a lot of people don't understand them. And, and what's more important is the consequences of the mandate. OK, what happens if it occurs and it is already occurring, like in Virginia, it's already happening. So, you know, it's good conversation. People have to listen to it. We'll pick it up on the other side. This is the Labor and Energy Show with Jadoc and Krause back with our very special guest. After this, the Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters is proud to present skilled union workers, including the workers that build and maintain our energy infrastructure. The safest, best trained and most productive carpenters in the country are on the job. Whether it's energy from nuclear, wind, coal, natural gas or offshore wind, the EAS carpenters are ready to provide the construction need of an energy industry our families depend on. If you're interested in a job in construction, visit EASCarpenters.org or follow us on social at EAS carpenters buying a car is a big decision makes models colors cost but soon enough the government is going to make that decision for you delaware and new jersey are on a collision course to ban the sale of new gas-powered cars in 2035 you'll have no choice but to buy an electric vehicle in those states Tell Governor Carney and Governor Murphy to stop the EV mandate and let drivers decide. 
Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are presented by PBF Energy and supported by members of the labor union community, a collaborative to educate the public and change the narrative. I'm back here on the Labor and Energy Show with J-Doc and Krause. J-Doc, I'm going to ride shotgun with you on this, um, at least this opening segment of our uh, interview with Tony Wilt. Um, I just want to wrap my arms around some of the conversation that you're going to have with Tony. So I hope you don't mind me jumping in here and being a part of uh, this first of two good segments with Tony Wilt. Yeah, I appreciate it. And, and uh, Delga, well, we appreciate you being on the show. Welcome to the broadcast. Thank you, gentlemen. I really appreciate it. Uh, the invitation. I'm honored to be here. Uh, it, it's great to have you. This is a, a topic and a conversation we've had, uh, you know, on the broadcast uh, over the last year and a half, um, a lot. And so, uh, want to, uh, you know, first of all, introduce Delegate Tony Ward, who's representing the 34th district in Virginia's House of Delegates. Um, if you would, sir. Can, can you give us your take on the current state of play in Virginia and tell us a little bit more about the 2021 law uh, requiring uh, Virginia to, to, to become a California state, which in turn uh, requires the Commonwealth to adopt uh, California's electric vehicle mandates and the bans on new gasoline and diesel vehicles and how it came about? Well, you, you so aptly stated early at the top of the show, uh, you know, how it came about under uh, then Governor Northam. Uh, so, you know, the mandate was enacted. It was it was passed. And, yeah, the way the legislation was written, the way it was was passed, came into law. It directly tied us to the um, you know emissions re standards requirements of the state of California. And, you know, we were we were inherently locked into that. Um, I, I would say even uh, the, the following year, you know, I've, I've been battling this since ever since it happened. And, uh, you know, it was actually stated that, oh, no, we're not we're not to whoever says that we were tied to California standard. They don't know what they're talking about, but uh, it's 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 come uh, come about full circle, uh, you know, here recently that folks are realizing, yes, indeed. Uh, we're we're tied into the California standards, and uh, so the current the current uh, state that we're in uh, in Virginia, with, with as far as let that legislation and where we're at, um, as, as I stated, I've carried uh, pieces of legislation since then to try to to try to you know break ties with California, and and I want the want the listeners to understand that uh, we, we had a choice. It was California standards or the EPA standards. Well, they're they're nothing to sneeze at either, but it, it gave the state a, a bit more flexibility. Said, you know, here are the standards you got to meet. Now go meet them, and 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 I think that's the the far better direction for any state to go to be other than to be you know have their have their processes dictated by a bunch of bureaucrats in a in a state clear across the country, and uh, but where we're at today. Is you know there again? There was legislation introduced in the Senate, uh, and I carried a bill on the House side. There was a couple of bills on on the House side this year, but but I I, I was the the main uh, you know legislator to to carry it, and so I presented in in the uh, in the subcommittee meeting. But early on, the the Senate chose to to do away with the Senate bill, and uh, there was you know, robust discussion on that and so forth. But position was made 
uh, that they were going to do away with it. But I will note that, you know, one of the one of the leading senators uh, carrying that discussion made the comment, eh, we, we probably got a problem here. And, but but let's let's uh, you know let's put this off till after session. We'll look at it and and so forth. And gee, what what a better time to address it while we're here in the general assembly? We're we're in session. Now's the time that we should have been been looking at this. And so I, I had I presented my bill. I think last last week it all kind of runs together after a while. But I presented had had good discussion and. Um, but eventually, my my bill was my bill was was tabled as well. So we're we're going to address that, um, and you know we talk about it. And this this uh, you know so this this is important. One of the things we talked about at the beginning of the broadcast, and I say it all the time. It's almost you know this is the labor and energy show, okay? And which means you know we we uh, uh, we touch on labor issues and we touch on obviously um, that impact our you know. Uh, energy sector issues that impact our labor community, but energy's obviously on, on the front page every day. And so we say it's not a political, it shouldn't be a political issue. Uh, it, it, it shouldn't be a labor issue. It, it's a human issue. And so um, that's important because we're Democrats. We're middle of the road, you know, common sense Democrats. Our whole conversation is about common sense in energy. So when we see um, what's going on and how it's impacting us, and there's such uh, uh, in, in many cases, a lack of common sense. Um, I, I ask you, sir, do our legislators, uh, you know, who are opposing these situations, do they really understand? Because I want to talk about the consequences of uh, an EV mandate. Like I said, we are for uh, electric vehicles. <clears throat> there are some issues, right. uh, with, you know, with uh, you know overseas with you know the mining and the critical minerals and who's doing it. And stuff we, you know, we we obviously, uh, you know, want to address, and we've been addressing. But in general, there's no denying electric vehicles are coming into the market. Happy, you know, fantastic. But the mandates, the people understand, including our legislators, um, the consequences of the mandates and what they are. Let's stick with the um, let's stick with the, the legislators first, and then we'll get into the general public. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that's a great question. Uh, you know, it, it uh, what you're saying it, it causes all of us to to step back, gives us pause, and say, "Do wh- where are they shaking out? You know, where are all the legislators shaking out on this issue?" Because as I uh, as I presented my bill, um, you know, I, I said I was standing there before the subcommittee, and I said, "In a in a committee room was obviously you know <clears throat> behind me and, and a lot of people in attendance," and I said. Everybody in this room knows what the truth is, um, and, and it's, it's mathematical. It's, it's it's an equation that, that cannot be solved. It's it's impossible because of these of these um, artificial mandates, timelines, and so forth. And it's and it's not tenable. But but back to the legislators. So I, I think I think there are some that that really really believe. Um, in, in, in the overall thing to, to do away with 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 petrol with fossil fuels and so forth for for the for the cleaner cleaner environment and and I'll say I mean you touch on I'm I'm fully all in on electric vehicles renewable energy and so that's but it has to be incremental it, it has to be done in a way that it that it doesn't hurt uh, our citizens 
all all citizens, all citizens are going to pay for this negatively uh, if it continues going in the direction that it is. And so I think some of the legislators, I, I don't know that they fully thought out, you know, the, the, the logical next steps to, to where we're headed. Uh, sadly, I think some of the some of the uh, legislators, they're they're more concerned that they're, they're being driven by the, the folks that have their ear uh, from the environmental uh, you know, folks, the, the, and, and I'm all for a clean environment. Hey, I, I breathe the air and I drink the water. I'm all for for a clean environment, um, but but they, um, you know, they've they've made this demand on their legislators and and they've bought into it, and um, that's disappointing because I think it, it, all legislators at the end of the day should say, yeah, I, I represent my constituents, I represent an idea, but. But I rep- also I represent all Virginians, and and here's a here this is a this this is not a political shouldn't be a political football, it's uh it's an issue that you know crosses party boundaries, uh, ideologies, you know it's it's just factual, and um, you know it's it, it has it has the opportunity to do do great harm to our citizens. So so when you talk about that, and we you know it's a, it's definitely something we've talked about so many times, but let's talk about some of these consequences, okay? So there's issues with the grid, okay? Um, This is for our listeners, okay? Virginia's a a PJM state, okay? Just like Pennsylvania, meaning PJM is the company that manages the state's electrical grid in concert with uh, all the other Mid-Atlantic and Midwestern and Southern states in the group, okay? Last year, PJM issued a report expressing major concern that the region may not have enough electricity uh, in a few years, because fossil fuel electricity generation assets are being retired at a faster pace than renewable energy additions. Okay, given these realities, mandating EVs uh, in the state uh, will only require even more power, making the problem worse. Okay, how will Virginia? Uh, and, and this is a, a question, uh, uh, Doug. How will re- Virginians charge all these EVs? Um, you know, EV mandates, okay, um, under these conditions, if they're having problem keeping the lights on, okay, or, or have these realities, and obviously the question of electricity supply in general, uh, come up in the, de- in, in, in the debate, in, and in, in particular, uh, over your bill? Yeah, they, this and, and many of the other factors you've touched on a couple have been brought up in, in the debates, but it just it seems like it falls on on deaf ears. And you, you, how's Virginia going to respond with, when this happens? And, and honestly, you know, it's not if it happens, but when it happens. If we continue on this trajectory, California, case in point. I mean, they, they got the brownouts. Remember, remember this past summer that the citizens were asked, Hey, don't don't charge your cars. We got to have the electricity to to keep us cool here during the summer. I mean, it's that that's a reality, and and, and we sh- you would think that we would learn from that, use that as a, an example to help fashion our policies going forward. But it it seems seems to fall have fallen on deaf ears. Well, Tommy, let me ask you this, just from a public perspective: Do we? Or do the citizens of Virginia, is this a scenario where once they actually figure out that it's a reality, like right now, it's just a conversation. Once they figure out that it's a reality, there's this 
aha moment and 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 when that occurs you're too late in the process you're, you're spot on that that's the sad thing and and you know we as we as legislators at all of you're educating you're educating the citizens uh right now and that's a job that we try to do in the rest of the year is it, you know look at policy and and try to Bring to light, you know, number one, I'm, I'm concerned about cons- my constituents, as all legislators should be, to educate them. Here, here's the reality of, of what's happening. And and sadly, I mean, you know, a, a lot of our citizens, they're, they're working stiffs. They're out. They're out. I mean, they're already being hammered with, with inflation. Look look at the cost of living uh, that, that is, is going into, you know, that they're dealing with. And, uh, you know, that that's got their attention. Uh, man, that. They just—they don't have time. They're, this is not on the radar. They trust people like me to to make the right decisions by them. And you're exactly right. It's—they're not—they're not gonna—they're not gonna realize the full impact to it till it's right there. Till it, you know, and it hits them in a lot of different ways um, that that they're gonna be realities gonna face them. Well, and, and having said that, one of the things that um, you know we—you know—it's it's a a trend that's you know shocking and, and actually nerve i mean brutal is that we're willing to shut ourselves down okay and import the same resources from countries that don't have the same environmental standards that we do exactly okay what's crazy about that um is uh, you know we're also giving up our industry in the process on a constant basis this what i'd like to say is this is not debatable it's not even a discussion in regards to if that's happening, it is happening. And Joe Krause and I have been doing a labor and energy show for a couple of years now and the labor show for 10 years. We got into this conversation because we, you know, we do a weekly labor show in, in, in the Philadelphia region. It's about labor issues and, and, and all the, well, some of our members worked at a, a PBS refi- PES refinery and it got shut down. So we started to see kind of what's going on. Not kind of, it was it was almost Twilight Zone-esque. And so this entire, uh, in the process of this broad, these, uh, the labor and energy show, we've been fortunate enough to have, uh, you know, leaders of our energy sector, our political sector, and, and, and our labor sector. And the one common denominator on every situation is that the, the passion for the environment. Mm-hmm. Everybody, not one person at the highest refinery, Okay, doesn't care about the, uh, our environment. Everybody does, and everybody acknowledges that in the United States we have the highest standards for emissions. Okay, not debatable. We're willing to shut ourselves down, give up our industry, okay, and let people. The ozone layer, last time I checked, covered the whole Earth. Okay, <laughs> yeah. and my point exactly. is, it's exactly like putting your head under the covers and pretending the bad man's not there. Okay. We're willing to give up our critical minerals to the Congo where they have 11-year-old kids doing it. And, and they sell those critical minerals to a middleman who then sells them to, you know, to our corporations over here. Like, we don't know that's going on. Okay. So, and our permitting situation over here 10 years ago, a, a permit to mine critical minerals and do it the right way. It's happening anyway. We're just allowing what's going on overseas to crush us. Now, uh, I, I, I do want to just touch on, you know, we talk about the consequences 
Okay, you're taking uh, the choice out of the public's hand, public's hands regarding purchasing vehicles. Okay, um, you know we don't have the projected infrastructure like we talked about the grid to support the mandates as related to the EV charging stations. Okay, uh, so major major issue with the grid, costing jobs and uh, to American people, good paying union jobs. Okay, the refineries who refine the fuels for the gas power cars will close. The jobs will go with them. They will not reopen, okay? And and not, let's not forget the EVs are currently unaffordable to regular people, okay? And, and so there's so many issues and we can continue to go on, but are these conversations, uh, Delgate Wilt, that, I mean, these are not really, I'm not saying they're not debatable, but just as a, a you know, a, a conversation piece, are, are our legislators talking about these issues and more? Joe, I, I would say I would say yes, pr- probably to to a person. Uh, it's just been ha- it depends on how they're talking about it. Some of us are more public with it than others, and and I, I got to know, I got to believe that those that have been pushing the 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 EV at all costs narrative. Behind the scenes, they're having the same conversation as, as I stated earlier. Uh, one or two of the senators that helped, you know, they they, they got rid of the Senate uh, legislation, but they admitted, "Yeah, we 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 got a problem here. We're going to have to address." I guarantee you, they're they're having those same conversations and, and probably you know trying to figure out, you know, how how do we how do we fix this? How do we get out from under? And, and it's like you said earlier, I'll, I'll touch on in a, in a, you know, I'm sure we will have some other things discussed too, but, but just, you know, on the, on the practical part of generation, we pride ourselves and, you know, here in the state of Virginia, we're patting ourselves on the back. We're, we're getting rid of fossil uh, energy generation and, and, and so forth. You know, we've lessened capacity, generating capacity, 10 roughly 10%. Um, but, but in the same, in the same time, without the EV mandate, just you know, I laid my cell phone back here on my desk so it didn't it didn't bother us. But you know, our demands continue to rise, and then you throw this mandate in on top of it, the 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 demand's going to be exponential. And and we so now you're going back to, to to the to the grid and so forth. Number one grid reliability, but just the fact is is there going to be enough electricity? And, and it's falling back on on electricity that's generated by. Um, those very things that, that, that we, we pride ourselves on getting rid of. So, so just how much do we really pat ourselves on the back? Um, as you said, you know, where, where it's generated, how many days later is that same pollution over top us that, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's like a, like a dog chasing its tail. Well, it's interesting because, you know, we only got a minute to this break, but, um, our, you know, our, our conversation, uh, is consistently about working together for the solutions. Sure. Okay, uh, you know, I've yeah, uh, we see what's going on. Obviously, the trends and shutting down our jobs. We cannot uh, help but to see it. Okay, um, and then you look at the bigger picture, like we're doing. And one of the things that we've noticed is, uh, you know, obviously, this uh, complete lack of trust that that uh, you know from the environmental left that that uh, our energy sector, uh, a traditional energy sector, will work together with them. Let me tell you something. They've done a great job at getting everybody's attention, beating the crap out of everything that moves, okay? People want to work together now. I don't know how it was at the beginning, 
Okay, you know, maybe the energy sector, traditional energy sector, thought we were untouchable. That is not the way it is. Okay, maybe it wasn't that way. But the bottom line is, okay, everybody's willing to come to the table, do whatever it takes to create a plan here. Okay, that that is, I think, a goal that one of the things we talk about on the show is let's work together, come up with some common sense uh, solutions. Okay, and and do this in the right way so we don't risk our grade and and all of our jobs and all those other things that, by the way, I have have a a a saying, you can do what you want, but you cannot avoid the consequences. Okay, why do we have to uh, tell the little kid that the fire not to touch the stove and and the fire on the stove, uh, you know, till he does and burns his hand? You know, it's it's it's. Uh, incredibly frustrating and more importantly, confusing. Joe Kraus. Tony Wilt, Virginia House of Delegates, 34th District, is our special guest here today on uh, the Labor and Energy Show. We'll take a 60 second break. Back with more in a moment. What's a boilermaker? We're the skilled welders, riggers, and craftspeople who will help you grow your competitive edge. We step up when others step back, and we do the job right, on time, on budget, and safely. No drama, just results every time. We're the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers, and everything we do begins with our bond. Let's get to work together. Visit bestintrade.com. Neuter Integrated Multicraft Contractors has been a force since 1896. That's right, 1896. And specializes in welding, piping, mechanical, structural, constructability reviews, project management, and rigging design services. For a free consultation, call Neuter at 314-421-7600. Neuter proudly serves petroleum refining, chemical processing, power generation, and alternative energy. Get in touch with Neuter at 314-421-7600. This program is paid for by Advocacy United. Today's program is pre-recorded. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are being supported by the members of the labor union community, including Steamfitters Local 420, Jim Snell Business Manager, the Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters, and the United Steelworkers. And back here on the Labor and Energy Show with Jade and Krause. Again, if you miss any of today's broadcast or if you'd like to re-listen uh, to the good conversation we're having today. Um, go to Apple or Spotify if that's where you consume your podcast. Search the word labor and or sh- search the show rather, labor and energy show, and you can download the podcast. So, you know, we're we're talking about uh the California rule and and how it's uh, impacting Virginia. And, and this conversation is relevant to 17 states, okay, across the country. Everybody should be watching it, okay. Uh Let's 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 you know look at some other consequences. Okay, automakers are losing thousands on every EV they make. Okay, number one, China owns the majority of the supply chain regarding the manufacturing of, of EVs. Okay, critical minerals like I touched on uh, for EV batteries are being mined in the Congo using child labor. Okay, and you know the the, the bottom line is in many cases the general public has no idea what EV mandates are, okay? They, you know, here, electric vehicles, everybody wants to get one or who can afford them wants to get one, and fantastic. Uh, having said that, uh, we're in the middle of a discussion with Delegate Tony Wilk, representing Virginia's 34th District in the House of Delegates. And, uh, 
a dog at will. Uh, let's talk about, you know, Joe Krause touched on uh, the general public, okay? Let's talk about the recent polling, okay? And we've had, by the way, we've had Stephen Hankin on, uh, who, uh, you know, do, it does polling, okay? And, and, you know, his company does polling. And there's been a number of polls that show most Virginians, okay, have no idea that they're even aligned with the California's vehicle mandate, okay? When they're informed, they're not supportive of the law, okay? Nearly 60% of Virginians believe the General Assembly should repeal the 2021 law, okay? That imposes the California new car mandates. Um, talk about that, okay? And the fact that most people, this isn't just a Virginia, but we're talking about Virginia, don't have an awareness of when they find out they don't support the mandates. No, you're you're spot on. I mean, the the, the data shows, uh, as we we talked about earlier, a uh, lot of you know our citizens. I mean, they're just they're, they're just trying to get by, trying to make a living, trying to take care of their families. They're they're not engaged uh, to the level uh, that, that we would, we, this is near and dear to you and to me. So, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of got an inside track, but again, our, our citizens count on you. They count on me to, to help educate them and make the, make the right decisions that are, that are going to take care of them to a degree. Um, they, they want to take care of themselves, but they want a level playing field. And, and this, this type of legislation does not create a level playing field. Well, it's interesting because, um, Joe Krause will, will say, you know, he, you know, it's a, you know, this show, one of the benefits that we have on this broadcast is we are mem- like, we weren't in the energy sector. Okay. We did not have a lot of education. We're both what you would call, uh, you know, uh, dinner table environmentalists. Like a lot of people, we all care about the environment. Okay. He's, you know, Joe will say during the broadcast, you know, I'm getting educated like the rest of the listeners. We, we, got impacted because of a situation in Philly and, you know, got turned upside down on it and, and, and literally, you know, totally we're in shock, you know, about the whole situation. Okay. And so, uh, you know, when, 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 when you look at what's going on, it impacts so many people. One of the things, uh, first of all, do you think, you know, especially when, you know, obviously upcoming elections, do you think that this uh, is, is situation um it will impact you know the upcoming elections um possibly and, and the reason i say possibly that's you know i'm i'm, I'm not very good at looking forward and, and seeing how elections are going to go but uh i you know I, i'm thinking that you know we talked earlier about other legislators and how, how they where they're shaking out on this issue and i would i would bet that there's some of them that's looking at it, if, if not from a practical standpoint, from a political standpoint, how, how is this going to, going to, you know, impact them in their, in their uh, political races. Now, we also have to understand here in Virginia, we have a bit of a divide, like a lot of states, you know, we've got our, we've got our urban crescent and um, th- then the rest of us are rural. Okay. And, you know, there, there is a divide and they, they do happen to line up politically, you know, by and large, the urban areas are more Democrat, the, the rural areas are, are Republican. Um, but but just, you know, from 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 all things urban, it, it's a different world. I mean, they look at, you know, they, 
public transportation is a lot more pre uh, um, you know, prevalent there. They uh, it just they don't they don't understand a, a, a rural perspective. And so they they look at these things and, and, and I would dare say probably a lot of their constituents oh, hey, we, we've got all these all these amenities uh, that are that are available to us. So we should apply this, you know, the, what, whatever standard, what, you know, whatever you want to talk about legislative, we see it a lot. And there's a real disconnect but between those two segments of our state. And, and that's that's part of the that's part of the problem. So, so the legislation was passed in a manner that was bypassed initially, originally, bypassed, that bypassed the uh, Administrative Process Act. Can you expand on on what the APA is and, and why it's so important, and speak to the ramifications of, of not following that? Yeah, well, yeah, you're 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 exactly right. I mean, there there is a there is a a process that we're to follow, you know, through legislation, be it be it introduced and and being enacted and so forth. And you're right, it it, it did not go through that that whole legislation uh, went through, you know, kind of in the dark of the night, if you will, and and didn't didn't get a full uh, you know legal process, um, and and so. Yeah, that's that's how it came about. And, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I think there was a I think, you know, there was um, probably some intent there. If if, if I'd be so bold uh, to to make it go like that, because I, I think if, if it would have if it would have been more in the daylight, so to speak, I think at, at that time there would have there would have been a, a public backlash to it. Yeah. And, and, and it leads to the, the question. At least in my eyes, you know, why in the middle of the night, if it's so, you know, in, in other words, if, if we want people to, to be educated on the issue. And, and, and so um, why not follow the, the, you know, the standard process? Uh, but let's 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 talk about um, uh, the auto manufacturers. OK. And, and the auto auto dealers. Um, have they weighed in on this <coughs> on on uh, any of the repeal bills? Um you know, in this session or previous sessions, they're they're very cautious uh, about about weighing in, uh, and, and I I don't know I can't speak for them, but I think I think there is a likelihood that they're they're worried about backlash more more legislative backlash that that they could you know if if they speak out and and really voice their concerns that they have. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think they're. I think they're afraid. Wow, you know. Then, then I, who knows what's going to come next? What What are they? What are they going to do? And and I'm glad you brought that up because kind of at the heart of this whole thing. I mean, you, you've touched on some great points. You know, where you know the the rare minerals, uh, the grid and stuff. I mean, man, I got I got pages and pages of talking points on on all those things. But at the very heart of this, this is this is consumer driven, right? Um, and when when consumers, you know, this this is something new. And as you said, let the let the free market dictate this. Drive it. We're seeing more and more EVs all the time. But consumers have to be comfortable with this tech, well, whatever this technology or whatever it, it is. And when they see stories like a couple of weeks ago, you know, the 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 the, the charging station in Illinois that was the state the charging station was froze up, and so were the cars and so. That does not give anyone the warm fuzzies, right? It says, hey, wait a minute. This is what they know that there's not the, the, the charging infrastructure. 
take take away the, the issue of the, the the grid capability, just the just the infrastructure to charge all the this this potential number of vehicles, and and I, and I think some legislators think that this is you know these goals that we say aspirational. We're going to set this and and we're going to make it happen. But as you point out, that there is a distinct and real um, penalty that, that can be levied on our manufacturers. And, and they've got to know that. So let's ask ourselves, why are the manufacturers, why do they exist? What are they? I mean, they exist to make vehicles and, and, they're, and they're pretty darn good at, at measuring the public and, and knowing what consumer interests are, consumer likes, dislikes. Um, they've been doing it a while, right? And, and they know that this is not we're seeing the demand level flatten out. And in some instances, it's waning. And they're in the business to make vehicles that, that we number one, we need. And, and, it, and it supports their industry, it supports those jobs that you talked about. And and so what happened if, if we don't meet this, if we don't meet these goals. That penalty um, can fall back on the manufacturer. So. What happens if I'm a manufacturer there I've to meet that ratio? I'm not going to put I'm not going to put uh, ice vehicles into Virginia so I can keep my ratio I can, so I can meet that 35 percent ratio. Well, what does that do with with consumer choice? It, 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 it takes it away you know, to a large degree and, and it drives up the cost. Uh, let, let's switch over just for a second to the used vehicle market, you know, so the, so the new vehicle market goes in that direction. Naturally, the, 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 or the, yeah, the new market goes that direction. The used market's going to follow. It's, it's going to, but it, but the end of the day, it's going to starve our consumers. And, and I've told people, you know, I'm, I'm the, the 34th, you mentioned the 34th where I'm at, I'm up in the Shenandoah Valley, Western part of the state. Let's look at the state geographically up up my way. When people can't find a vehicle, they're going to go to West Virginia. That's exactly. Yeah. Let me jump on that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we had Jim Appleton on from New Jersey Car, okay, and and they represent the um, uh, they represent the uh, the auto dealers, okay, and uh, he's the president of New Jersey Coalition of Auto uh, Automotive Retailers, and people you're taking their choice away but not really they're just going to go to another state that's yeah. not in the california rule and they're going to buy their uh you know their their, their uh you know gas fueled cars and 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 uh diesel fueled cars and so uh but you know so there are you know consequences uh, that impact uh you know a lot, a lot of different areas okay and and obviously the auto dealers when you talk about the manufacturers, they lose so much money on each EV. Okay, they're willing to, you know, obviously they're cautious because of that. And, you know, as a citizen, whatever, I don't have to worry about an EV not being built. And, and however it gets built, you know, I'm talking about to the regular, uh, you know, citizen, they're going to be able to find one. Uh, however, there are, cons- you know, there are massive consequences um, to, to, to a lot of... Um, to to a lot of um, you know citizens and, and 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 workers across the country and businesses, so you know that, that, that's a great point. They're, if they can't get it in Virginia, they're going to go to the nearest state where they can get it, 
and they're going to buy it. And so, it, it, you know, it's it, it, it's a great a great question or it's a great point that you make there. And when at the uh, what when you talk about that and, and, and you know with your fellow, fellow policymakers, what is the response? Uh, no, there's not much, much acknowledgement. It depends on which side of the issue you're on. It's it's uh, you know those that those that are so ingrained and uh, in, in moving forward with with where we're at. Uh, just it, again, it seems like it falls on deaf ears. There doesn't seem to be an acknowledgement that uh, you know these are these are real problems. And, and Joe, I mean, when we're talking about that, we did some rough rough figure. Okay, the, please, everyone understand this. This is not scientific, but following through on that on that natural progression, this this could have this could have a couple billion dollar hit to the economy of Virginia. I mean, who's going to backfill that? And and so those are those are some of the realities. And, and we talk about the manufacturers. We see uh, we see what what GM's doing. We see what Ford's doing. I mean, they're they're pulling they're pulling back uh, fr- from from their manufacturing again because they they see that it's not. I think it was what's the company in Italy that has has Ram and all that. You know, back a year or so ago, they they, they said. We're gonna. We're not even gonna sell to states that have adopted this. We're gonna go to where we can sell our vehicles, mm-hmm. and um, so yeah. I mean, there. Those are the ramifications we have to realize. I mean, that's the reality. Um, so yeah, oh, Tony, the fallout is monumental. You know, every action creates a reaction. The fallout, I would argue from a common sense perspective is is so much greater than the benefit of an EV mandate. It, it, it It's a lopsided equation. It, yeah. As I look at it, as I listen, that's what I see. You know, before, before Tony responds, one thing people have to understand in the, in the process of not, you know, being educated on this situation so that we can, because uh, our point is not to shut down electric vehicles. It's to work, you know, get both sides working together for a common sense solution here. Um, however, uh, one of the things that people must understand is that the decisions and the legislation that is driving all this is happening right now. Yes. Right now that are going to, you know, the mandates may not be supposed to be full, but but. Uh, the mandates are not going to be in full effect till, for example, 2035. But the legislation's happening now, and 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 the impacts are in, a, in you know starting now as well. So in the process of not understanding the actual, we're in the California, uh, you know, uh, you know, we're, you know, we're in their emissions rule uh, and their environmental rule. Um, you know, these impacts are happening now. Okay. Yeah, and my point to, and my point in that in and asking Tony that was if if the state of Virginia potentially is going to lose a billion dollars in revenue from the mandate, that loss needs to be absorbed somewhere. It just doesn't. It it just it doesn't go away. No. Yeah. No, you're you're exactly right. You're you're. Uh, and, and, and see, yeah, you know, if, if it were, nothing happens in a vacuum, if we thought that, well, okay, all we're going to do is is hammer the manufacturers, and they're, they're the and they're the they're the big folks that they make all the money and, and so forth. Yeah, I, I, I totally disagree with that. But if that was your mindset, 
But we've got to realize, I mean, we're all in this thing together. Look, look at look at all the ancillary industries and businesses that rely on that one. That's a hub. The manufacturing hub. What about the what about the tire folks? What what about? I mean, just start down your list as long as you're armed. Those are those are the, all the other businesses that that's gonna that's gonna fall prey to this as well. Because, you know, somebody thinks it's, well, it's just going to be this one little industry that, that's going to get hurt and they can afford it. So we only have a few minutes left. I want to spit fire. Um, OK, uh, the California rule. OK. And, 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 and opting into that. OK. Back in 2021. OK. In order to impact these EV mandates, I mean, they fall uh, you know in line with the California rule, which a lot of people don't even know in Virginia and around the, in, in the 17 states. Um, that it, that have opted in, um, that they're in it. Okay, is there anything being done legislatively? Legislatively, I know your your bill um, and, and your legislation approach. But is there any opportunity that the current governor, okay, can do something about this? Number one, and number two, is there any any legislation or anything going on to um, you know increase infrastructure in the charging stations? Okay, that you know, will will charge the you know the electric vehicles to avoid what just happened um, across the country where they all froze. Uh, can you yeah. touch on them? We got a minute. Oh, we only have a minute. I'm sorry. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, so our government. So we're we're uh, you know back to politics. Uh, both of our legislative bodies are are you know dem- Democrat controlled. You know they they have the majorities in the House and Senate. Republican governor. I mean, and I know that this is a priority of our governor, but without the help of the legislature, uh, you know, I'm afraid we're going to continue down the, the same path we're we're on. What can uh, with 10, 20 seconds? Left, what can the general public do who are now learning about this issue? Contact their legislators. Contact and demand to, to get a fix. I'm not saying you know do completely away with it, but work together, cross the aisle to come up with a. Vi- You've said it the whole program. Work together for a viable solution. I believe it's there. Tony, yeah, we, we we can't thank you enough for for being on the program, and uh, certainly we'll have you back on. Hopefully, we're going to make you know you know this people are listening, and we're going to be able to impact this issue because it, it you know it's. It's leading us down a one-way street, and we need to work together. Joe Krause? Perception and reality. Reality ultimately shows up at your doorstep. Tony, well, thank you so much for being a part of the Labor and Energy Show. We'll get to a commercial break. JDoc and I will wrap it up on the other side. The Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters is proud to present skilled union workers, including the workers that build and maintain our energy infrastructure. The safest, best trained, and most productive carpenters in the country are on the job. Whether it's energy from nuclear, wind, coal, natural gas, or offshore wind, the EAS carpenters are ready to provide the construction need of an energy industry our families depend on. If you're interested in a job in construction, visit EASCarpenters.org or follow us on social at EAS Carpenters. Can you afford a brand new electric car or a charging station for your home? Want to spend your days waiting in line at a public charging station? Well, buckle up. Delaware and New Jersey are planning to ban the sale of gas-powered cars by 2035. Most drivers can't afford it, don't need it, and don't want it. Tell Governor Carney and Governor Murphy to stop the EV mandate and let drivers decide. 
Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are presented by PBF Energy and supported by members of the labor union community, a collaborative to educate the public and change the narrative. And back here on the Labor and Energy Show, just a couple of minutes, Jay Doc. I'll give most of the time to you just to put a wrap on it. But in listening to our conversation today and in being part of the uh, conversation with Tony, I think it comes down to uh, the reality of let the public, the market, and capitalism determine who wants to buy an EV and who wants to buy a gasoline vehicle. Listen, a, a, a mandate is not feasible. Well, it, 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 that's my opinion. Well, no, listen, uh, I get it, um, but they're happening, and they're happening, which is fine. But it's not. But, but I still have a choice. I still have an option. I want a choice. And in some states, okay, like the ones we're talking about, the 17 states that are involved in that have opted in uh, to California's uh, emissions environmental policy, um, they don't have an option. If, 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 if like, like uh, it Wilt said, uh, and so it's important that we educate ourselves, that our voices be heard, okay, and that ultimately we're not trying to shut this down. We, we're passionate about the environment, but we got to work together on solutions, Joe. That's really the key right there. When did, like John Bland said so long ago when we started this, a former business manager uh, of the Boilermakers Union Local 13 in Philadelphia, when did we stop working together? Okay, common sense and energy. You know, it's almost, and again, we talk about it, um, like being in the twilight zone, man. We're writing checks that we're not going to be able to cash without a lot of pain, and we're going to just end up backtracking. And a lot of the impact and the, and, and the, uh, the mess that this is going to create when it comes to fruition, um, it, you know, it's going to be impossible to untangle. So, uh, you know, we hope people are listening and, and we can all, you know, get, get to our senses and work together. That's going to do it for this edition of the Labor and Energy Show with Jay Doc and Krause. We thank everybody for tuning in or watching. Don't forget, you can download this edition of the Labor and Energy Show on Apple or Spotify. Just search Labor and Energy. Great stuff today, Jay Doc. We'll see everybody next week. Thanks for listening to tonight's Labor and Energy Special. You can help. Call your congressperson and join the movement to push back on RINs. This program is paid for by Advocacy United. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Advocacy United or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded.